Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. episode number 129 with Sean Kay and today we're talking about positive self-talk. Now this has been an interview that I've had lined up for a while now and the reason is Sean's got a really amazing backstory and not only that the work he's doing now is really inspirational but what I am you know, really proud about Sean as well is that how open he is with his struggles with anxiety, um, how he's overcome that and what he's done to deal with that. Um, basically owning up and about talking about it's a really big thing, but then what he's constantly doing and working on himself now to make sure that not only is he in a happy place, but that it's also affecting the people around him. So Sean's running a fantastic company called Small Teachers and doing great work, not only in Australia, but in Bali as well and things like that. So we're going to talk about a number of different things today, and these can be applied to anybody, young kids, teachers, adults, sports stars, uh, professionals, anybody, because at the end of the day, self-appreciation and self-love are things that I think as a community and society, we really battle with. And Sean talks about a number of ways that he's been able to really improve those areas of his life. And not only that, they're really good tips that anybody can adapt and figure out what works for them. So guys, sit back. This is Sean K, episode number 129. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm stoked. I've got Sean K all the way from Perth. How are you, legend? Good, Dale. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh, always, mate, always. Now, uh, you've already been up. It's quite early, mate. You've already been up for a walk, got the body moving. Beautiful day in Perth, is it? Uh, it's still dark, so hard to tell, <laughs> but it wasn't wet, which is a good sign, um, and so quiet at this time of day. Uh, I love it. Yeah, mate, I totally agree. I think it's the best time of the day, and I know I've spoke about that before. So just for listeners and everybody around the world, wherever they're tuning in, do you want to give a little bit of your background and, uh, yeah, just a little bit about yourself, Sean? Yeah, no worries. I was uh, born and bred in country Western Australia in a little town called Bindoon, which is about... 100 kilometres northeast of Perth. Uh, had a typical uh, country lifestyle, massive into sport, um, family, you know, getting outdoors. Really didn't spend a lot of time indoors like, you know, a lot of kids do now, which is, is quite sad. Um, and then, yeah, moved to the big smoke uh, on and off since I was about 18. Uh, lived, you know, in my own rentals and things like that. So I was pretty pretty self-sufficient from a young age and then, yeah, got into strength and conditioning, did that for a few years, was involved um, at a few waffle clubs and for those that don't know, that's a West Australian football club and then made my way into teaching where um, I spent six years teaching uh, a specialist sports program for year 11 and 12 students and really loved that. But uh yeah, I started to get a little bit sick of uh, the system and really felt that there was a need for um, helping not just teachers but students as well to deal with their mental health and overall wellness. And that came from a place where two and a half years ago I struggled really badly with anxiety and I had to take a significant period of work off to deal with that anxiety and yeah, through that process, just learned so much about myself, um, about anxiety and mental health. And, you know, that life really is beautiful when you change the lens that you look at it through. 
Yeah, it is, mate, and it's very brave of you to talk about, obviously, your struggles and um, be a little bit vulnerable there, mate. Do you want to? Do you mind talking a little bit more about that? Just um, yeah, no worries. You know, obviously, obviously, now looking back, it's probably had a really powerful impact on you, and um, you're doing some great work. But at the time, I'm guessing pretty pretty hard situation to be in, mate. How how did you um, overcome that? Uh, well, the first thing, which is probably the best advice that I give uh, any teacher or anybody dealing with it is to own it firstly um, and to just talk to people about it and tell them that you're not okay and that you need help. And, you know, it's cliche. We have days called Are You Okay Day to remind people of that. But it really was the, I guess, catalyst for my healing was to go home to my parents and say, look, this is where I'm at. This is how I'm feeling this is what I need from you um, to help me get better. But then also friends, family, uh, just really embracing as if, you know, we talk about people have a broken arm, you put a cast on, you walk around, you show it off to everybody that you've got a broken arm. Well, your mental health and your mental illness should be no different. Like you need support and unfortunately it's when you go through it alone that it is the most painful so that was really a uh, powerful, I guess, start for me was owning it and then, you know, starting to put some things in place where I was seeing the right people. Um, you know, I did. I started taking medication immediately, which, which helped short term. But, you know, I've, I've come off that medication over 12 months ago and through a whole heap of different strategies and tools that I've found work for me, I can I can do without the medication, and I feel like um, not taking the medication is what works for me. But I don't advise that for for everybody. Um, but yeah, in terms of the big thing, I think self love is the most important thing. Where I didn't give myself a lot of self love as a young male. Um, I was always trying to you know band aid things. Um, trying to look for things that made me feel good but didn't necessarily make me feel loved. And that's still a work in progress. Like I'm still constantly now, uh, you know, working on loving myself more and appreciating myself and, and just being happy with who I am as a person. And I think that's, you know, very common and I've found that a lot with teachers and students that I've worked with is that feeling of I'm not enough or I'm not worthy, I'm not loved, I'm not supported, when really you don't have to look very far to see that you do have that support and that love, and, and that was what I did when, when I first suffered from it. Yeah, mate, and it's so true. I know I've gone through similar battles myself, mate, with like the self-love and sort of rating yourself. I think uh, as humans, we're very quick to praise other people or show love to other people, but um, do you find that is it, is it males probably more than females, or is it a bit of a, a across the board that we really sort of struggle to get that self appreciation and self love for ourselves? Um, I think you see it a lot more in females, but I think it happens a lot more in males. Um, and I think you know whether it's our society or our culture or the way that we've been brought up with you know males not showing a lot of emotion or feeling, and and you know that is changing even on the weekend watching um, one of the AFL shows, they were talking about feelings and emotions and, and these sort of things which you never would have seen or heard um, years ago. But I think, yeah, it's, it's happening more and more in high schools and primary schools, 
I think a lot to do with technology, a lot to do with that consistent, um, you know, we're online all the time looking for that, that little bit of dopamine that makes us feel good. And if we don't get that like or comment or follow or reply, we all of a sudden start to criticize ourselves, and we start to look at, oh, what's wrong with me because this person doesn't like me or this person doesn't want to talk to me or, um, you know, I, I can't date the girl that I want to date. So that means that I've got all these things wrong with me. Um, and yeah, a lot of insecurities and, you know, it's sad. You look at some other cultures where, you know, males and females, males and females are almost equal or if not equal and they appreciate each other for who they are. Um, you know, I do, as you know, do a lot of work in Bali and, you know, the Balinese people are incredible in terms of their self-love and self-efficacy and treating each other as, as whole. And that's, you know, that's where I really love to see a shift in, in Australia. And I don't think it's something that will happen overnight, but good people like yourself and, and Smile Teachers and other organisations, you know, can start to shift that mentality, which is really important for our kids. Yeah, I, I totally agree, mate. And I think one of the things you just mentioned there, travelling is such a, not only an eye-opener, but it really shows you uh, just different perspective and how different countries do things better than others. And I agree, mate, Bali is such a special and magical place. I And we're going to talk a little bit more about that soon, mate. But for, uh, there's so much on positive self-talk and everything like that. If you had to give a little definition on it, what does positive self-talk mean to you, Sean? Uh, I think it's the conversations that you have with yourself on a daily basis. Um, you know, we are bombarded with negativity if you follow the media, the news, um, if you listen to the radio. Uh, and if you let that become a habit, it will affect the way that you think about yourself and about the world around you. Um, so I think it's it's having those conversations daily where you're either catching yourself talking negatively and you're changing it to a positive or you're just trying to be consistent with your inner communication and keeping it positive around things that make you feel good or lift you up or inspire you. Yeah, that's that's really good, mate. And so um, I'm a big believer in uh, starting your morning with a little bit of journaling and finishing it. So it's all about, yeah. you know, setting up your day, focusing on the positive and then reflecting at the end of the day. Do you have uh, practices that you use that, uh, you know, work for you with positive self-talk and obviously getting to that happy place? Yeah, mate. So I'm the same. I do my journaling morning and night and I make sure I've got five gratitudes there and five things that I love about myself as part of that. Yep. Uh, another strategy that I've used and I've, I've shared it with a lot of teachers is I'm enough and just having that. I got that from a lady named Marissa Peer, um, who's a psychologist and that was an international thing about 12 months ago where a lot of people were taking a photo of themselves in front of the mirror saying I am enough um, and yeah I've had teachers just write that on their mirror so in the morning they're repeating that to themselves that I'm enough and it doesn't matter what happens in your day what goes wrong what goes right you just remember that um, you are enough and that you're a valued human being um, I listen to a lot of I am affirmations which you can just find on YouTube if anybody does want to look um, and that's just you know statements repeated over and over things like I am cared for, I am supported, I am inspiring. Um, and it really just, again, drills that positive self-talk 
into your brain so that you know you're having ne- uh, you're having positive conversations instead of negative and um, yeah other things you know meditations visualizations um, sometimes I probably think I do too much and I need to just manage how much um, <laughs> practices I do because it, it it can have not the opposite effect but it can leave you feeling a little bit anxious if you're constantly bombarding your brain with uh, positive self-talk you need to just sit still sometimes and and listen yep um but yeah like you said i think that first hour in the morning and i call it my hour of power i know other people do as well um making that hour really count and making it work for you where it helps you feel good it sets you up for the day and you leave the door you know inspired and energetic yeah, I think that's a really good point. And um, I know, obviously, you've been for a walk this morning. You've got up. It's still quite early for you in Perth. Um, that That's your time. And as you said, it's dark. It's pitch black. There's nobody around. You've got no distractions. And I think people that, you know, don't allow themselves that time in the morning, then they're sort of chasing that the rest of the day, Sean, because once you clock on to work or you log on or whatever you're doing, um, you're normally bombarded and you don't really get that time back. And then the day's over and you get home and you really haven't allowed that time for yourself. So do you reckon that is a really one of the big areas of your life that um, obviously no hour of power, you rate it very highly, but do you speak very consistently about that? That's sort of a non-negotiable for people. Yeah, the 100%. I, yeah, I literally couldn't start my day properly without it. Um, it yeah, it really does. It sets everything up. My Especially with the um, anxiety, like obviously anxiety doesn't just go away. Um, if I didn't have this hour of power, I know for a fact that the anxiety would rise pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, I've done a fair bit of research into this sort of thing where, you know, they say if you lay in bed and you hit snooze a couple of times, well, stress hormone, cortisol, is just going to build up um, pretty quickly. So getting yourself up really quickly is the first thing. I then have a freezing cold shower, which I know some people think it's crazy, but (laughs) have a freezing cold shower um, to get things moving and to get the blood pumping through your body. And it's also an element of discipline like, by doing that, you're telling your brain that, you know, I'm ready for the day, I'm prepared, I'm, I'm going to hit this, hit the ground running. Um, I then do uh, a walk, like I said, and then some breath work, which, again, helps, you know, really calm my central nervous system, get things, you know, feeling good for the day. And then, yeah, the journaling, uh, a bit of breakfast, and then out the door um, for 7 o'clock. So it's normally I'm up at 5.30 and out the door at 7.00. And yeah, I find that really works well for me. And I find you need to figure out what works for you. Like some people, you know, might enjoy reading for 20 minutes in the morning. Other people might enjoy going for a run or go to the gym. But yeah, I think that that first waking hour is critical. Mm. I, mate, I, it's funny that the more people I get on these days that are, you know, doing really good things and inspiring other people that everybody has got a morning routine and it's something that's getting bigger and bigger because we are always connected so if you can you know put your phone on flight mode the night before and um, allocate that time for yourself it's uninterrupted it's your time it is super powerful so um, if anybody's listening you're still not doing that um, I guarantee the next guest I'll get on will be doing the same thing so it's something you could really start trying to figure out what works for you now Sean let's get into small teachers mate now this is um, I love the work you're doing mate not only in Australia but going to Bali um, how did this start 
Uh, this started off the back of yeah my battle with anxiety and and I was burnt out and feeling very um, I wasn't as passionate I wasn't as motivated I was really struggling to find my inner I guess voice and my inner purpose to keep doing what I was doing and it took probably 12 to 18 months of serious self-development hard work um, you know getting to the core of who I was and what I wanted to do um, to figure out you know there's it doesn't sorry, it takes a special kind of person to be a teacher and you also need a special routine, um, strategies, tools, techniques to manage your wellness so that you can teach well. And ultimately what I realized was even though I loved my students and I loved the program I was working in, when I was going through those periods of being burnt out, I wasn't giving the best that I could and the students weren't receiving the best that they deserved. So I sat down um, after, you know, I've spent I don't know how many trips and how many times I've been to Bali, and it's always been on my, um, I guess, radar to do something special there. And I sat down with a mentor and just said, look, I want to do something for teachers, and I'm thinking of doing like a, a retreat. And he said, perfect why don't you do it? And at that point in time, I was like, holy shit, like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know, like, how do you do that? What's like, what's the legality? What's the process? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he was, he was really good. And he just said, just go for it. Just, you know, you're passionate, you know what you're doing. You've got a story. Um, people who relate to that, just do it. So, in July 2018, I, no, June 2018, I started planning, um, started basically figuring it out. I still don't know exactly what I'm doing, but <laughs> I'm just, you know, I, I, I started putting it together, started putting the pieces together. I had a really good uh, teaching mentor who's an education consultant, and he was really passionate about it as well. So he gave me that little bit of courage. And yeah, I just went with it, and we had our first first retreat in January we had 22 teachers come over and it was the best week that I've had in my professional career by far and and that's not just because it was in Bali but just the energy um the changes the the way that the teachers connected the way the retreat ran um I couldn't have asked for a better um first retreat um all the feedback was phenomenal and, you know, in the back of my mind, there I am thinking like, oh, I would have changed this and I wouldn't have done that and that didn't work and all these things that I could see as improvements, but we sort of hit the nail on the head the first time, which was really pleasing. Um, but then part of that as well is we've now started obviously doing work locally where we're working with schools, um, teachers, we're holding events um, externally to basically facilitate workshops that cultivate that self-love and and help people check in with themselves and really connect to work out, you know, this is my purpose, this is what I love doing um, for the teachers, this is how to manage those stressful, difficult times so they don't um, transform into something bigger that, you know, might get me down. And I think the, the big thing for me is really just being, like you said before, vulnerable and showing, you know, teachers that I get it and 
you know, we, we go through these phases, but there is, you know, there is a light and there is a way that you can, um, I guess, maneuver your mindset through those difficult times to see the joy and to find, you know, that you are passionate, you are an inspiring teacher. And the big thing for me, which I say to teachers all the time is I think teachers are the most influential people on the planet and we need quality teachers that are passionate about what they're doing. The way that we set up our workshops and our retreats is to really help those teachers cultivate self-love because when they love themselves, they're going to do a much more inspiring and, you know, loving role as a teacher. It's a, it's a really good point, mate, and I love that. And one of the things I'm a big believer in is if you're not really happy in yourself, you can't really – you can only fake it for so long and you can't really help somebody else until you help yourself really, Sean, can you? That's right. And I'm going on a – at the moment, I'm going through a massive period at the moment where I'm working on myself because, you know, as you know, we spoke in the last year where – Running a business is, is not easy yeah. and it's not for the faint-hearted. And waking up, you know, with anxiety nearly every day around, you know, am I doing the right thing? Is this where I want to be going with the business? Do I need to be doing more um, part-time work to fund the business? Like you need to know exactly where you're at and you need to be prepared to do the work if you want to get the rewards. And you know, it's the same for teaching. If you want to enjoy your career, be passionate, find the joy, inspire, well, then you need to do the work on yourself as well. And that's what we're really helping teachers with is doing the work on themselves. So whether it's coming to Bali for a retreat and investing that time and that money in themselves so that they can press pause and reflect and engage in some self-care and learn more about how to look after yourself because we don't get taught that as young teachers. You don't get taught that as a teacher. You need to sort of figure it out as you go. But we think and we know because we've seen the results that we have an opportunity that can transform the way teachers think and feel and it's just a matter of does the teacher value themselves enough to make that investment and it's not expensive, but it's about the time. Like, will you press pause on your life and will you come to a workshop or a retreat and actually invest in yourself? That's the big thing. And I'm not sure, you know, you would see it all the time with energetic education and your programs where teachers or, or other people, they like the idea of it, but do they actually pour themselves into it? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point, mate, and uh, one that I think any time you can invest in yourself, it's a really well money spent, but I suppose it comes down to that self-love and appreciation, and um, often we don't put that at the highest priority. So um, great idea, mate. I love what you're doing, and one of the things you've, you just mentioned, I know we, we, we speak a little bit, and obviously it can get quite challenging running your own business, but what have you learnt about yourself, I suppose, Sean, since um, starting Small Teacher and everything you're doing? I've learned, especially since, you know, not just through my battle um, with mental illness, but also just in the last six months with the business that I need to love myself first and then love everybody else and be giving to everybody else. And, you know, I talk to teachers all the time about, 
filling your cup first, well, you need to walk the walk and to, if you're going to talk the talk. So there's times, you know, like you said, you can only fake it for so long. Um, I've really learned that I can't force things. I can't, you know, I've got my vision, I've got my goals, and even though I'd like to be there by X date, the more I focus on that and the more I'm trying to force it, the more it's affecting my physical, mental, spiritual side, I need to sometimes just have that awareness and step back and go, hey, you need to take a day to love yourself, to nourish yourself, to go and do something for you because if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to end up back where you were two or three years ago. So I think it's having that self-awareness but being prepared to give yourself the love that you deserve. And if I don't do that, it shows. Um, And I'm really lucky that I've got, you know, some supportive people around me who um, will call me out. And I think it's important, like mentors are such a big thing, but then also like relationships with other people. Like I know when I'm starting to feel the pinch and, and it's good that people will say to me, hey, like don't, you know, overdo it. Um, and, yeah, sometimes you just need that little shake-up. But giving yourself the love first and then loving everybody else second. Yeah, great advice, mate. And uh, I totally agree if people don't have those supportive people in your life or mentors particularly, um, I would highly recommend getting that. And that's anybody. It's not just your own business owner. That is anybody. Start young. Get somebody to help you and advise you and things like that. Like, obviously, you've had Sean and and given great advice. Obviously, just back yourself and go for it. So um, I like always getting a few simple, easy little tips for listeners, Sean, on just ways that they could probably improve their physical and mental health. I know you've probably mentioned most of these throughout, but are there just three little, two or three little tips that um, people can implement today after listening to this? Um, biggest one, which I've found across the board, and it's so basic, is eat breakfast. So many people skip breakfast, and by skipping breakfast, your body's been starving for the last seven or eight hours. So the first thing it's going to do when you wake up in the morning is be stressed out because it's worried that it's not going to get fed. So by grabbing a coffee, walking out the door, and then not having anything until halfway through the day, it's straight away setting you up for stress and anxiety because you're going to get worried, you're going to get, you're going to feel, you know off because you don't have the good nutrients and energy that you need and in saying that again choosing a breakfast that works for you but I know if you speak to you know a lot of nutritionists or or people like yourself Dale you don't you'd rather have something mid-morning that's substantial than a bowl of fruit loops in the morning you don't want that (laughs) high sugar um you don't want that high sugar um, snack first thing in the morning. You want something that's a little bit more substantial. Like once I get off this call, I'll have some eggs and avocado, and that'll be my start to the day. Um, in terms of physical, yoga has changed my life, and you know I know everybody has to find what works for them. But yoga, 100%, that saved me um, massively. Like from when I started practicing two and a half years ago, um, literally at the peak of my battles, um, yoga hundred percent has helped so much. And I'm even looking at ways this year that I can do my yoga teacher training because it's something that I really 
and passionate about. Um, and yeah, it's there's a common misconception with a lot of people where they think like, oh, I won't be able to do the poses, or I'm not flexible. Just go and do it because it's not about that. It's about you. And you know, I was just speaking to my sister the other day where I was saying. Um, I train in the gym because I want to look good. I train in yoga because I want to feel good. And that's what it really does. It's about being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And you find that point where, you know, it's burning, it's a strong sensation, it's a little bit painful, but you breathe through it and you breathe through it and you breathe through it and all of a sudden it passes. So then in life when something difficult comes up, you've got challenges and you've got, you know, stress, you breathe through it, you breathe through it, you breathe through it, you, you become comfortable with that pain and eventually it's going to pass. Um, so, yeah, that taught me a lot about myself and it was also, you know, super great for my physical um, capabilities. And, yeah, as well, you know, meditation, massive, massive part of what I do, um, even visualisations and breath work, but just – like I could talk about this stuff for hours. My advice to anybody listening would be do your own research, find what works for you and listen to your gut. Just trust your gut instinct. Like if it says, hey, there's a yoga class tonight, maybe I should go, go and do it. Okay. If you come across something on you know, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, whatever, that is a little self-development workshop, do it. Just give it a go and see what happens. You've got nothing to lose. And I really think as a, well, not a race, but as people, we are becoming more consciously aware. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing amazing things that can help you, um, you know, find your inner light. Yeah, it's mate, so true. And I think uh, the three little tips there. Not only that, um, the ones you said to start by owning it and make sure we talk about things. I I love that as well, mate. And it's and and the, I'm enough. So I'm sure if you're listening there, there's about five or six just words of wisdom from Sean that you can take, start implementing, and find out what works for you. Which is great advice, mate. Now I've got a couple of questions that I always finish interviews off with, and one of them, if you could look back to 18 year old Sean from everything you've learned now, from obviously your teaching, from your strength and conditioning from starting Smiling Minds, running retreats, doing all this, Sean, what's one bit of advice you wish you could tell 18-year-old Sean? Oh, that's a, that's a hard one. I, <laughs> I would, I love it though. I would, yeah, I'd definitely say um, learn to love yourself first. I spent so much time as a young male um, just looking for everybody else to love me and, you know, looking for validation from, you know, whether it was friends, girlfriends, partners, um, you know, just being out all the time, connecting with people, but it wasn't authentic, uh, just looking for that, you know, affection when really I, I needed to look inside and, and just learn to love who Sean was as a person. Um, you know, like I said, I'm still doing a lot of work on myself now because there's little little dragons that I need to slay that, you know, have probably been following me around since I was a little boy. Um, and being prepared to do that work and, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Aubrey Marcus, 
but he talks about, you know, the, pe- the people that will really excel and go forward are the ones that are prepared to look inward, find those demons or dragons and go straight at them and deal with them rather than probably from 18 to 26, I probably just ran away from them and it caused me a lot of pain, caused me a lot of heartache. Um, you know, I had some really positive relationships with people that fell apart and I blamed them, but really it was me. So, yeah, my advice to 18-year-old Sean would be learn to love yourself and, you know, the rest will take care of itself. Don't be trying to look to um, please everybody and, you know, be the centre of attention. Yeah, that's. I think what a what a great message to sort of finish up with there, Sean. I love that, mate. And that applies to anybody. Um, the more we can invest in ourselves and be happy with who we are, um, the better. It's not only going to be for ourselves, but those people around us as well. So, mate, where can we find out more about you? Where can we get, check out the retreats? Uh, find you on socials. Where can we find so you? If they find us uh, on Instagram, it's uh, smile underscore teachers with a with an S on the end. But if we're on Facebook, it's smile underscore teachers with a Z on the end of teachers purely because somebody's already stolen <laughs> the other one. Um, so that's smile underscore teachers with a Z on Facebook. And then the website, um, which my beautiful, amazing website that I built myself, um, go and have a look at it because – yeah, we've got a new website under construction, but the one I've got at the moment does the trick, and that's just smileteachers.com.au, um, and you'll find my email address on there, but if anybody does want to get in touch, it's just S-H-A-U-N, so Sean, happy teacher at gmail.com. Legend, mate. Well, I'll, uh, I'll have links to all those in the show notes, guys. So if you go into uh, energetic.education forward slash podcast, um, this is Positive Self Talk with Sean Kane. You'll be able to obviously find those links and much more now. Sean, thanks so much for today, mate. And um, really proud of you, mate, that you can, you know, really own up to the struggles that you've had. And by opening up, I'm sure it is helping a lot of other people out there as well. And so many uh, sort of really inspirational sort of messages that you've mentioned today, mate, that um, I know I've really enjoyed listening to. And I'm sure other people would will once they listen. So thanks for that, mate. Really appreciate your time. No worries, Dale. Thank you for having me on. Mm-hmm.